Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, it's going to be a single subject show. We're going to talk about luxury taxes and why not a single fan out there should give a single bleep about them. Earlier yesterday morning, Bobby Marks sent out this tweet, uh, and it was in regards to the luxury tax payments that various contenders had to spend for this upcoming season. He had the Golden State Warriors paying $185 million in luxury taxes. Brooklyn Nets are spending $122 million on luxury taxes. The Los Angeles Clippers are spending $54 million in luxury taxes, and he's taking for granted that Kawhi Leonard would be back. The Lakers, as currently constructed, will be paying $36 million in luxury taxes. Utah, 29. Milwaukee, 29. Milwaukee, by the way, also deserves some scorn here uh, for letting P.J. Tucker walk for nothing uh, because of luxury tax payments coming off of a championship win. So trust me. The Lakers aren't alone here in my derision for cheap-ass owners. My question is, why is Bobby Marks tweeting out how much it costs to pay for these teams and not how much these owners actually get from these teams? Like, as it stands right now, the BRI split, the basketball-related income split, is 51-49 in favor of the players, meaning that the players get... Uh, 51% of the basketball revenue income and uh, related income and the owners, uh, the 30 owners get 49% of that income. And obviously there are far more players than owners. And thus it's fair to assume that the owners aren't exactly going broke owning these basketball teams. And that's before, by the way, we get into how much these owners benefit from these basketball teams or their professional teams that they own by not paying taxes because there has been some real good reporting done on, say, Steve Ballmer's taxes. And listen to this. This is from Nick Bromberg of Yahoo Sports. Quote, LeBron James had a vastly higher tax rate than Los Angeles Clippers owner Steve Ballmer. According to an investigation released Thursday by ProBublica, uh, Pro James' tax rate on his 2008 income was nearly triple that of Balmer's, despite making 19% of what Balmer made the same year. James reported $124 million in, in income three years ago and paid a federal tax rate of 35.9%. Balmer, the former Microsoft CEO, told the IRS that he made $656 million. He paid $78 million in federal ta- uh, taxes, a rate of 12%. James, meanwhile, paid over $44 million in taxes on reported income that was $532 million less than Balmer's reported income. How did Balmer get away with paying uh, far less in taxes to James? An accounting trick that many professional sports teams owners use. Now, this is from ProPublica. Uh, Pro uh, Balmer pays a, such a low rate in part because of a provision of the U.S. tax code. When, a, when someone buys a business, they're often able to dis- deduct almost the entire sale price against their income during the ensuing years. That allows them to pay less in taxes. The underlying logic is that the purchase price was composed of assets, buildings, equipment, patents, and more that degrade over time and should be counted as expenses. Uh, the thing there, though, is that NBA teams, professional teams, those assets don't degrade in the same way. Those expenses, 
say players, for example, uh, they don't the they don't lose value. Cable company uh, contracts, stuff like that, they keep going up. Uh, the the leases on on buildings and stuff like that, they're building a brand new building, and he's going to use all of those expenses as write offs. So he's going to pay fewer taxes there too. So it's like, and and that building, by the way, it's real estate. Chances are that building isn't going to lose value over the course of the time that the Clippers are going to be playing there in Inglewood. So, like, again, if you really want to get into the finances of this, and I don't want to go even deeper into the weeds here because there is nothing more boring than tax code. But at the end of the day, if you really want to get into, man, it sure costs a lot to keep the Brooklyn Nets running or keep that roster intact, well, you should maybe look at the revenue generated. In this case... As so many people are pointing out that, man, it shouldn't cost the Lakers $40 million to keep Alex Caruso, well, that's a flawed way of looking at it, too. To say that Alex Caruso single-handedly is going to cost the Lakers $40 million is the exact kind of trick that the reporting done does, that's the favor that is done to these owners to make it look like, no, a backup point guard can't cost that much money. But in reality, that $40 million, that's a result of LeBron James's contract, of Anthony Davis's contract, and of the Russell Westbrook trade leading to his contract. Like Those are the things, those expenses, those, those salaries add up, and that's how you get above the tax spot, the luxury tax spot. And then Alex Caruso is the one who triggers the additional costs. But if you want to look at it from a standpoint of, man, Alex Caruso isn't worth $40 million to the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, what about LeBron James? What about the back end of that contract? Is any amount of money too much to pay for LeBron James? Is any amount of money to pay too much to pay for Anthony Davis? Because if you're going to look at it the way that you're looking at it with Alex Caruso in saying that he single-handedly it shouldn't be a $40 million expense to Genie Bus, which again, I, I maintain, we shouldn't care about more on that in a second. But if you're going to look at it that way, you could just as easily say that it's any of the other players on the roster who are triggering those luxury ta- taxes. And in which case, all of those guys are worth that amount of money. We can argue about Russell Westbrook's fit on a basketball court, but he's going to generate a ton of income in merchandise sales for the Lakers this year. The idea of Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, that's going to sell a shit ton of tickets at well above market price, especially compared to what other fan bases have to pay for those tickets. That TV deal, they signed a $3 billion TV deal over the extent of 20 years. It means this next season alone, they're going to pull in 150 million dollars in tv money and by the way that's just a local tv deal that's not even the national stuff we haven't even gotten there yet and oh yeah by the way they're heading towards a new national tv deal it's probably going to be pretty ridiculous because the only thing people are watching live on tv nowadays are live sports so yeah miss me with this, oh man, how is poor Genie Bus worth only five hundred million dollars going to afford this giant and, and, and outstanding tax payment? Get the f- out of here! That's not how this works. And that brings me to my final point, and I want to say this about as carefully as I possibly can. 
I I really like Jeannie Buss. I do. She seems like a very good person. Everybody that I speak to who is anywhere close to her say that she is an absolute delight. I am pulling for the Buss family to pull this off and continue to carry the Buss family name in high regard. When Dr. Buss passed away all those years ago, I remember sitting there in my living room, you know, tears in my eyes because we had just lost a freaking icon. And I remember Magic Johnson told Jeannie Buss, don't sell this team. Don't you dare sell this team. And the entire city has rallied around the Buss family. And when uh, the, the Lakers signed LeBron James, I'm sure that was an incredibly proud day for the entire Buss family and probably specifically Jeannie Buss, given everything that she's had to go through to get to this point where she now is the boss of the Lakers. Uh, when the Lakers won a championship after they traded for Anthony Davis. And that team will probably go down, in my opinion, as one of my favorite teams in Lakers history. And the, the person who I thought deserved a lot of credit and, and one of the first people I thought of in that moment was, man, this has to be a really cool moment for Jeannie Buss. I, I, again, I can't hammer home enough the fact that I'm, I've, I've been rooting for her. But if Jeannie Buss is unwilling to pay the kind of money that it takes to keep up with the wealthier owners in the NBA, guess what, man? As a fan, as somebody who only cares about what is best for the team that I root for, I, I hope that that competitive advantage, advantage vanishes for those other owners and more money is, is put in charge of this Lakers team. If you're blushing looking at 40 extra million dollars when other teams out there have multiples of your tax amount right now and you have the chance at winning championship number 18 championship the, the the championship that would put you over the top of the Boston Celtics if you're looking at that and you're saying i don't know about keeping this guy man i don't i don't know if i want you as the owner <laughs> that's simple and now now again this isn't by the way this isn't the, the caruso decision in a vacuum isn't just about the taxes, right? I'm not, I'm not isolating this down to the Caruso decision because it seems like Rob Polinka, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, the decision makers in the organization completely undervalue what Caruso brings to the table. That's a completely different conversation. If you want to have that conversation and listen to it, you can hear the one that I had with Sabrina on I Love Basketball on this very podcast feed. But when it comes to what is best for the Lakers, it's impossible to argue that bringing in somebody who has pockets as deep as the billionaire owners around the league wouldn't help this team out because that kind of an owner wouldn't blush at this kind of tax cost. No way. As it stands right now, this is from Statista.com. The last few years, so dating back to... Uh, We'll go 2012-2013, which I believe is when the new TV deal kicked in. The revenue that the Lakers have generated 
has been $295 million, $293 million, $304 million, $333 million, $337 million, $395 million, $434 million, and then in the post-COVID season, $400 million. Does that seem like a team that's just struggling to get by? Hell no. So what are we doing here? And why do any fans out there care about this luxury tax payment? Why would anybody care about the, the, the owner's money there? Do you think the owner cares about your money when, when they set uh, prices for tickets? I remember, I still remember as a kid scraping together like three weeks paycheck to be able to go and watch my first Lakers game with my now wife. I remember that stuff. You think the bus family cared that I had to scrape together three whole paychecks to be able to go do that? Hell no. So why the fuck should we care about what the bus family is paying in luxury tax payments? That makes no sense. What are we doing here? At the end of the day, the Lakers might win regardless. This is a completely different approach that the Lakers are taking. They are a completely offense-forward team in a league, by the way, that that I, I think that might be a wise decision to make, to go to be a more offensive-driven team. This is a, a, a very talented offensive team. And given the way that NBA games are refereed, and given the way that some of these playoff games go, you just kind of have to play just enough defense to be able to, to win some of these playoff games. And maybe that's the route that they're taking here. That's fine. From a basketball standpoint, we can have that conversation all you want. I am 100% here for those conversations. I think there are interesting conversations to be had. But when it comes to whether or not fans should care about luxury tax payments, I'm not there for that conversation. That is a flat no, period. End of story. This is an easy one for me. This is, this is, a, this is at the heart of professional sports. At the, at, to be completely honest, owners are everything that is wrong with sports everything and and the idea that the lakers are now a worse team because of a decision that they made in part to save money also because of undervaluing the talent and and the impact that alex caruso has but at the end of the day the lakers elected to make themselves worse to save money in a season that they could win a championship and i'm sorry as somebody who rooted for dr jerry bus teams growing up and as somebody who who is proud of the fact that if given the chance, the Lakers will spend if need be, we can no longer say that. And if that's going to be the approach from here on out, then man, we got to rethink some stuff when it comes to the commitment that I'm willing to make to this team. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Uh, For some stuff to keep an eye on throughout the Silver Skin and Roll world, uh, you have everything that is up on the website. There's some great writing about the lake, the moves that the Lakers have made. Darius Soriano is back writing a weekly column for uh, Silver Screen and Roll. Really excited to have him on board and bother him in Slack again. And then uh, on this podcast feed, uh, Sabrina and I announced that she and I are going to be doing a weekly show together every Wednesday. That's going to be the I Love Basketball podcast, so you can look for that as well. Until tomorrow or until whenever any kind of more news breaks, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good day.